Welcome back, everybody, to Pick and Roll. Thank you for your patience in this start time here as we get ready for tonight's NBA slate for Tuesday. And we do have a free pick for the viewers to consider tailing today. We had a winning day yesterday, a decent start to the week. So hopefully we can keep that going today as well. If you cashed in yesterday, make sure to hit that like button. And ready for today's show, also make sure to hit that like button and consider subscribing for daily content here on weekdays on the board YouTube channel, The Hammers. NBA content division. Okay, so only three games on the slate proved to be maybe a little bit more difficult to navigate, especially considering the injuries associated with the matchup that we're going to. But there's enough confidence from Pips to make this play here on Joel Embiid as the Sixers host the Denver Nuggets. We're going to go Joel Embiid over 32 and a half points for minus 115 odds at BetMGM. You can find this at a couple of places, but minus 115 is the best in market on Joel. All right. So everybody in the starting five, for the Denver Nuggets is questionable. They are not coming off a of back-to-back. Everyone's well-rested. Every injury, me and Pitts just talked about it pre-show, is kind of like a, a bit of a fake injury, like one that's in the old NBA would just be listed as rest, but... Nonetheless, Pips, uh, you did your best to navigate the injury news. How come you still want to go with Joel Embiid here? <clears throat> so, first off, I think uh, you, they should play. Like, there is no reason for them not to play. As you said, they played two days ago. Pretty easy, comfortable win against the Pacers. Not, not No one played any huge minutes in that game. And, yeah, I just think... This should be like a spot for them to play, and but even if they are not playing, uh, it's Denver and your Embiid will still be aggressive, and I will see probably the Andre Jordan at the five, which will be great for Embiid. He should be able to cover this in three quarters against the Andre Jordan, but nonetheless, so interesting part about this, yeah, Embiid averaged 35 points this season, and we see. 32 and a half line in one of the matchups where he will be at the best of himself. Last season, uh, Embiid had the highest usage game of the season against the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> no, no surprising there. So this season, Jokic has 38% offensive usage and he averaged 35 points on it. That game against Ned Jokic, he had 48% usage. So every other possession was going to him. That's insane. This season, when you look at the Washington Wizards series, three games, he averaged 44 points. Yet, he only had 41% usage. Last game against the Jokic, he had 48% usage. So what comes close to this? 45% usage against Hornets this season, still not 48 points. Uh, for 48%, only only 45 points <laughs> usage against Hornets, he scored 42 points. Whenever Jokic sees, uh, whenever Embiid sees 40% usage or higher, we are looking at 40% of 40 point games uh, almost every time. And yeah, like 48% last season. So if he plays tonight, he should smash this spot. And he actually looked pretty amazing last last game last night against my Houston Rockets. He was in foul trouble due to Shingun uh, playing well, but 
and Bates still scored 41 points in only 31 minutes. So yeah, and that defense will be probably similar to something Denver Nuggets will play, and that will be single coverage against Jokic, just trying to let him shoot over him. And the same similar stuff we saw last season. Yeah, the, it's a small spread today. It's uh, two and a half to three on the spread in this game. So if the Nuggets players are playing, then this should be a close enough game where Embiid gets a ton of minutes. If the Nuggets rest a bunch of players, Joel Embiid is pretty blowout proof. As you said, he's going up against DeAndre Jordan. And Embiid gets the entire first quarter and the entire third quarter in his minutes. So even if there is a big discrepancy in scoreline in the fourth quarter, Joel Embiid should still get enough minutes here to go over the 32 and a half line that we have here, courtesy of at Pips NBA on Twitter. Okay, so there's the one play for today. As I said, it's a more difficult slate. So just the one play for today. Let's go ahead and recap yesterday's bets. And it was a winning day. Perhaps we have uh, a little bit of good fortune where we got one of the bets at FanDuel. So even though one leg of our Wizards and Pistons SGP uh, was voided, it still cashes as a winning bet because the other two parts of the SGP did go over. Honestly, it kind of helped the bet, uh, help these two at least, or at least Jade and Ivy get more touches, but it cashes at minus 169 odd. So it gives us 0.6 of a unit. The losing play was on Trey Young and Devin Vassell. The winning play as well was on Nick Claxton under 27 half PRA. Even overtime, couldn't get Nick Claxton over that line there. Um, I guess not much to really discuss from the Wizards game. I don't think anybody wants to relive a Pistons win. Uh, but why don't we go to Nick Claxton? What did you see from the Miami Heat side of things or just the game in general for Nick Claxton to get 42 minutes, I think it was, and still stay under this line? Uh, but from this, I, I can 100% be sure that you haven't watched or pay attention to the game because Nick Claxton had 22 PRAs in the first half. Really? And played. I was, I was, I was busy with the, the Raptors yesterday. He had 22 first. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yep. All right. So, uh, so, uh, so when I looked, I looked, it was the start of overtime and he was really close. I'm like, ah, shit, he's really close going to overtime. So I guess we got, uh, I guess we got, I guess we got really fortunate that he did go right. What happened in the second half that, that he I, stayed I, under? I would say, like, he, he, he was supposed to play 32 minutes for by by projecting minutes, and he got 42 and still stayed well under the line. I would say that we got lucky. The thing is, first half, uh, Miami Heat scored 33 points. They shot 11 for 42 from the field. So every possession was rebounding opportunity. Yeah. Like he had 11 rebounds in the first half because Miami Heat didn't make any buckets. And also, out of those 11, he, uh, Claxton was sitting out for like four minutes in the first half. And they scored like half of it when he was on the bench. So when he was on the court in the first half, they missed, I think it's 85% of the shots. So he had plenty of rebounding opportunities. So yeah, this one, one of the all-time greats caches. Because like, like I said, dude had 22 and a half time, played 20 additional minutes for the rest of the game. So he had zero in the third and played nine minutes. He had zero PRS. So when we were coming to the fourth, I was like, okay, maybe this has a chance. And 
yeah, it, it, it cashed and it was insane. I got so many DMs from, from the people from the stream, just threading it out. And yeah, it, it was it was great win at the end, but a sweaty one for sure. Uh, all right. Well, with the win there, we had the two wins. The losing play was on Devin Vassell's side of his SGP. Um, <clears throat> Devin Vassell's got to be creeping into ban list territory here because I feel like every time... <laughs> We bet him. Uh, he has a night like this. He went 2 of 11, 0 of 5 from 3, only finished with the 4 points. Last season, Vassell was a really good... Like we, you, you had a lot of success picking Devin Vassell for bets. This season, though, he's definitely uh, diminished in, in quality and points. And you mentioned that yesterday with the line being lower and you think it's getting too low. But uh, yeah, what is going on with Devin Vassell this season? Uh, I mean, he had some good stretches, but if, he, if we take out last three games, he, he had really good numbers. But last three games, he completely fell apart. I really don't know why. He, he had wide open looks, like all five threes, four very wide open looks. Uh, he missed a layup, he missed a dunk. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's insane. He also got benched in, in the like first half. They were down 35. Uh, Pop decided uh, to start the second half with bench players. Uh, then they, he brought him back in. Like, Vassell played like 18 minutes out of first 36 and then played the entire fourth quarter and took only wild field goal attempts in the entire fourth because when Minyama was cooking. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, wanted to do Trey Young over 10 and a half assists. Uh, before the show, the line got steamed a ton, and I decided to go with this instead, which kind of poor result. At the time, I didn't think it was, it was because the line for Vassell looked terrible, very low for the matchup he had. Hawks are terrible. They showed, even though they win, they won, they showed that they're not great, not good on defense, but still, like, Terrible shooting night for Denver, so. Yeah, 2 of 11. I mean, he does ever get covered with that. Just, he had plenty of shots, yeah. even despite playing pretty poorly. But 2 of 11, can't do anything. But winning day nonetheless, so we move with the half unit of profit. Discussion piece before we end off today here. The Utah Jazz have all of a sudden turned into one of the best teams in the NBA. They've won nine of their last 10, and they have won six games in a row in incredible fashion here. They beat the Sixers by 11, the Bucks by 16, the Nuggets by 13, the Raptors by 32, the Lakers by just the seven, and then they beat the Pacers by 27. That's their last six games. Their only loss in the last 10 games was to the Boston Celtics. Also featured in this win streak is a 37-point win over the Mavericks and an eight-point win over the Miami Heat. They have just been blowing the best teams in the NBA away lately. What has been the catalyst of this sudden change to the Utah Jazz, who are all of a sudden right in the thick of things in the Western Conference playoff picture? Uh, obviously, the most important one is Lowry Markham back and being healthy. He is insane. Like, last when we first got there and started playing well, we were all like, He's on a good run. 
Now it's just standard game for games for him, like to, to score 30 and 10 and being very, 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 very efficient. And yeah, Lauri Markkinen just insane. Colin Sexton over the last couple of weeks is playing insanely well. He's like, dude, average. I just pulled the number, so I I have a correct number. But dude, average over the last two months, average 20 points while while playing 24 minutes a game. That's just mind blowing, and it's on 65% through shooting. Colin Sexton averaged 20 points in 24 minutes, average on 65% through shooting. Finally, some good run from Colin Sexton. I honestly, like, when you look back, like, even with the calves and everything, like, he always was uh, a pretty, I would say, efficient volume scorer. He didn't do much of anything else, but like running this as a sixth man was always like my idea of scoring sexton. And now even when he is starting, he's still scoring amazing. Like his numbers lately are just insane. Like he's doing it also against the good teams, and that doesn't matter. But over the last I think like 15 or 20 games, he scored 20 plus in 80%, and he always played. The, the most interesting part of our game was when he played the Bucks, and he played only 18 minutes and scored 20 points. It is insane, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great run. But they are well coached. I spoke about yeah. it a lot of times yeah. on the show. They have one of the best coaches. The stuff he came up with every 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 night on defensive side, on offensive side, are just great stuff. Great, great stuff. And I won't go into the details of, of stuff, but he's he's well ahead of the curve for, for a young coach. Yeah. Will Hardy comes from the Greg Popovich coaching tree, had success uh, with the Spurs. Yeah. He's, he's a very, very good coach. Uh, I want to go back to marketing and briefly here. We spoke about <laughs> him on the show before we've kind of had this conversation, but just seeing it again, like he's been unbelievably good this season. Again, two years ago with the Cavaliers, he was, basically discarded by the bulls then discarded by the Cavs. what what is it about marketing's game that the cavaliers two seasons ago a year and a half ago couldn't see but the jazz have just been able to unlock to such a tremendous degree they put him just as a spot-up shooter like yeah and anyone that watched uh any euro basketball or the games with from with, uh, for Finland when when Lowry played like even five four when, like four years ago and he was still in a role player mode in, in the NBA when he got to the Eurobasket or or, or or playing for Finland he would put 30 points a game in in with European rules and every player in the NBA would say it's more difficult to score there and he made it look so easy. I remember one game. It, I think it was quarterfinals for the Euro 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 basketball. Uh, Croatia against Finland. Okay, before the game, everyone on our national team talked like we need to stop Lauri Marken. We only need to stop Lauri Marken. Everyone will focus on stopping Lauri Marken. Okay, game is on. Lauri dropped 44 on us and and, and we lose. Like. Lowry is, is just, yeah, the Hardy just decided, okay, I'll try to figure out how to best use this guy. 
and he finds the way to do it and now he looks unstoppable and i'll say full credit to him for the coach because yeah and also this team is i'll have to say like if you take a look at, at their roster uh just like john collins i don't rate him highly as a player no simone fontecchio i don't think he will start on any team in the league and i don't think he will play any minutes on any team in the league he was in Europe. He was probably one of the best players in Euroleague every year, but not a starter NBA caliber player. That's it. We have like Kelly Olinik, who are highly rated as a player. He's playing like 50 minutes a night. Walker Kessler playing like 20 minutes off the bench. I'm still confused why John Collins is playing over him. Yes. But he started to starting. Chris Dunn, who is, I mean, like, he's a good player, actually, but not for the modern NBA because he can shoot, because he's a great playmaker, great defensive player, but can shoot. So it's difficult. He's starting him and doesn't look like a problem. Clarkson of the bench, of course. Kejonte George is a rookie. O'Shea Agbaji is a very young player. It's insane to see how many games they win against good teams with this kind of roster. So, as I said, coach is the GOAT <laughs> yeah. for doing this. Uh, it's kind of so. So, now that they're winning games like this, they were turning into sellers. They said that nobody on the roster was untouchable, including Markinen. Do you think any of that's going to change, or do you think they're going to keep to that? And, and if they get a good offer, they're going to make a trade? It's it's very interesting uh, to decide because if you take a look at their roster, like it's not like they have a bunch of young players. I mean, they do have O'Shea Agbaji, Kejonte George, and Volko Kessler, and that's it for for now. Like, so I don't know. They are kind of in the midway between competing and selling, but but I think they should sell in this spot. And uh, we talked about how how great marketing would fit on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, I mean, it, he'll fit great. Like he'll fit great on any team in the league. Yeah. Like any team in the league needs his size, his rebounding, and his scoring efficiency and shooting. I mean, like, I think imagine like, him on the Sixers too. The Sixers could get him and put him instead of Tobias Harris. Wow, like he really yeah. elevates any team. Like if you're on the cusp of contention, you are a bona fide like contender if you have marketing coming into your team at the deadline here. I think a lot of teams should be on knocking on the door here. He's probably not even on it. Like, he's probably on a very team friendly contract as well because he was coming off of the the time with the Cavaliers, uh, or coming off time with the with the the Bulls. But yeah, he's making seventeen million dollars this year. And eighteen million dollars next year, and that's it's partially guaranteed for next year. Like it, it's remarkable the rise of the player, and any team in the NBA should be trying to make a move for a contract like this and a player that is this good, who had all NBA considerations, yeah. was an All Star last year, been amazing this year. He is currently currently all NBA player. That Agreed. Is, is Absolutely. Absolutely agree. All right. That will do it for today's show. Remember to hit that like button if you enjoyed and your tail on the bet that we have for today and subscribe to keep up to date with all the content we have here on the board HQ. The play for today is Joel Embiid over 32 and a half points. 
Pips looked at at minus 115 odds at BetMGM as the Sixers host the Denver Nuggets. Go back earlier to the show if you want the full reasoning behind that, but that will do it from us. Thanks so much for watching today. We really appreciate the support. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, for more from Pick and Roll with a better slate for sure. And we hope to see you then. Thanks for watching. <laughs>